This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. No matter your political affiliation, the vast majority of Americans believe in preserving honest public education. But public schools everywhere are under attack by extremists who are infiltrating school boards to push for things like book bans and prohibition on subjects like slavery, racism, and LGBTQ issues. One of the most impactful things that you can do here is to run for school board. And our guests today have co-authored a nonpartisan guide on how to do just that. They're here to talk about it. Our friend Petra Hoy is the founder and head of Be the Change 509 and she is based in Spokane Valley. Hey, Petra, how are you? I'm great, Stefan. How are you? Doing great. And of course, listeners and viewers will recognize our friend Louise Pathé. She sits on the steering committee for the Washington Indivisible Network, and she's co-founder of the Win Schools Work Group, which is dedicated to advocating for and defending an honest and equitable public education system. Hey, Louise, how are you? I'm great. Hi, so, you know, let's just jump in here. We know that school board races are going to get a ton of attention this year. So I want to just start with a very basic question. Pedro, why do school board races matter right now? Well, basically, these races really matter because we love our educators and students and the institution of public education. And good school board members are necessary to support public education. And Stefan, when you think of people who really impacted your life, who do you think of? Teachers, absolutely, yeah. Exactly, right? It's not politicians, it's always teachers. And I think that's the same for us. Like we had impactful teachers growing up. And then like for my kids, they had such great teachers. Um, We moved here and didn't know anybody. And the school district really took us in, the librarians and the teachers. And my son had like a first grade teacher for one semester. She came to his high school graduation party. So we really love our teachers and community and want to support them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really what this is all about. And of course, all of us can, you know, we, we remember very fondly the teachers who had a great impact in our life. And, and certainly our education uh, is a big part of making us who we are. Louise, you have anything to, that you want to add to that? You know, mostly, um, I mean, thinking back to in the depths of uh, the pandemic that our teachers and our educators were having a really hard time just, you know, teaching on Zoom. And at the same time, they were getting a lot of pushback from um people in the community that were frustrated with mask mandates and things like that. So, um, yeah, so we we formed a, a school's work group to kind of uh, support teachers and um, to see what was happening around the state. And out of that came the realization that there was actually a lot happening that we weren't aware of in our blue bubble on the, on the west side of the state around uh, the state, there were other things happening. So we really wanted to encourage people to, you know, step forward. These are certainly certainly things, Petra, that I know that you're uh, very familiar with out where you are in, in Spokane Valley. And certainly we've seen uh, footage, we've read about these these school board meetings that have been extraordinarily contentious. Uh, people have been met with harassment, intimidation. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned this in the guide, Petra, but talk about some of the extremist groups that are behind the, these moves to infiltrate these school boards. Who are they and what should we know about them? Right. And I don't know if we mentioned too, like I'm from the east side of the state and we do have a really good example of the Idaho school districts. So I think we're really fortunate in Washington state to have really strong public school systems, but we've been able to see next door some of the shenanigans that have been happening. And I like to remind people too that public education is actually very patriotic. Our founding fathers had a really, um, really cared about um, public education. I can probably quote Thomas Jefferson if you'd like about this. 
Um, so it really is being on the right side of things. But as for some of the um, some of the groups, one of the big groups is Moms for Liberty. And I would encourage people to look at a lot of the groups kind of change their names. So I would encourage people to look at the specific groups in their area. But in our guide, we point to the merchants of deception and they explain in there a lot of the different groups that are more about like undermining public education. And sadly, I think as parents, um, we're not always super rational, right? We really love our kids. We get kind of emotional. So it's easy to get really scared and freaked out when people are telling you like, oh my God, this is happening in your school district. Um, so I think we need to have a lot of grace and patience with a lot of those parents, because I know if somebody tells me something about my kids, my first reaction is probably to be, is going to be to panic. Mm -hmm. And then I'll settle down and look a little farther and see why are they, who's um, spreading these rumors and lies and um, what, what benefit are they getting from that? Yeah. Well, I mean, so you mentioned Moms for Liberty uh, in particular, um, and this is something that some of us have been hearing uh, now uh, for a little while, and I think a little more context here would be important. Louise, what are some of the things that groups like Moms for Liberty are, are attempting to do in our public schools uh, and also with legislation around public education? So I can speak um, more to legislation because that's what I've been working on right now. And maybe Patrick can talk more about um, what we're seeing in the schools. But for legislation, there is a group um, called Conservative Ladies of Washington, and they're a very uh, Christian focused uh, group, but they are opposed to a lot of things that um, are good for kids. And um, they also support some bills that are harmful. So they have been supporting um, HB 1071, which would put school resource officers in every school in the in the state. And there have been studies that show that school resource officers in schools are really harmful to many um, students of color, especially black students. These, these so, are often armed officers, correct? Yes, yes, guns in schools. Um, and they're also... Uh, you know, supporting this concept of parent parental rights. There's this parental bill of rights that was put forward by uh, Republican lawmakers. And one of that was the, the right to use public funds to um, pay for a private education or a religious education. So, you know, we don't support that. Um, and then uh, there's also an attempt to change the comprehensive sex education uh, so that it would require opt-in by parents as opposed to right now it's opt-out. And that would mean that many students just wouldn't get that education. So that, those are some of the things they're supporting. Uh, they're also in opposition of funding for free school meals. Um, so they're okay with kids being hungry, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'm hearing about a lot of these groups is that at their, their basis, they're really looking to dismantle public education. Um, Patrick, you know, Louise mentioned that you might be able to speak this. Can you talk a little bit about what some of these groups are doing on school boards and the like? Well, um, we see nationally. And I think a little more clearly what what has been going on. And I've been really lucky to always live in a state that was really strong for public schools. But we almost moved to Arizona and there was a lot of the charter school system and we had to go into a lottery. And then, you know, it just was 
it was so bizarre because I came from Oregon and from Washington. And, you know, the realtor was saying, you got to get on the list to be able to be in this charter school. And I said, well, what happens to all the kids that don't get on into the charter school? And he was saying, well, they, they're really upset. <laughs> the families are really upset. So I think sadly, that's kind of the route that some of these Betsy DeVos kind of groups want to go is to have the funding be siphoned. Um, and I think Chris Reckles talked about this too, be siphoned to other, um, causes. But what is so great about public education is it's very equalizing and we're all in it together. And it should be really regardless of your zip code or socioeconomic status that you get a great education um, regardless. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely right. You mentioned Chris uh, Rakedahl. He is our superintendent of public education here in this state. You know, something that I was struck by uh, in in going through the guide was the fact that the Moms for Liberty, and in particular, I'll just stick with them for a moment, uh, they claim to be a grassroots group, which is to say that they have a lot of popular support, but actually they're funded by the Heritage Foundation, among others. And something else that is noted in the guide that I think is important to bring up here is that the guide cites a study that shows that the public is is really not on the side of these extremist groups and their tactics. Louise, can you shed a little light on that uh, about what the numbers say specifically? Sure. Yeah. The Network for Public Education's February publication uh, called Merchants of Deception, Parent Props and Their Funders cites a December 2022 Heart Research Association poll. And in there, they, they found that, quote, Voters believe that candidates who focus on stopping schools from teaching certain topics related to race and gender are doing this mainly for their own political benefit, that was 64%, rather than to improve our public schools, 36%. And then by overwhelming margins, voters and parents reject the contention that teachers are promoting a, quote, woke political agenda, that was 65% to 27%. I think these numbers uh, speak well about the, the side that, that we find ourselves on here, which is really, and we see a lot of, uh, of crossover here, uh, or we're, we're starting to see a lot of crossover, and so this is something I'm going to talk with you about in a bit, Petra, about uh, between uh, people who may be of a conservative background and people who may have, have more of a liberal ideology coming together to fight some of this extremism, and that really kind of gets into the guide itself, Petra. So I'll just ask you generally, uh, why as we begin to talk about the guide, why were you moved to write this? Well, we were encouraging people to run for office and we were looking for some guides and we saw that like groups like Moms for Liberty have a lot of resources for people and we didn't really feel there was anything out there for for other folks. And um, we kind of scoured around and we didn't see anything. So we kind of came to the Nike, just do it conclusion. I'm not a professional writer. I'm not a teacher. Um, I'm working with some really amazing, smart women. And so we just kind of took a leap of faith and and went for it. And, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do <laughs> in life is just kind of go for it. And I think the other component was, I think a lot of this stirred up kind of mama bear feelings of protection mm. for the students and for the staff. And so we couldn't just... And for, um, yeah, just kind of the community in general, we just couldn't let it go. So we wanted to make sure that we also gave people tools um, when they step up and run. 
It's just extraordinarily comprehensive. I absolutely love it. And uh, I think this is a great guide. What you've put together, uh, all of you, is a, a wonderful guide, uh, not just for running for school board, although it is aimed at that, but for people who are uh, running for office in general. So there, there's just so much in there. Um, you, one of the things that the guide talks about and, and kind of lays out are some of the responsibilities of a school board member. So, Louise, if somebody is thinking about running for school board and kind of wants to know what's involved, what's going to be asked to me, uh, what are some of the things that school board members do? So in the past, we would think of a school board um, position as being a very boring position, but it's very necessary. So they do things like hire, supervise, and evaluate the superintendent. Um, they set the vision, mission, and strategic goals for the district. Uh, review, revise, and adopt policies, establish, and oversee the budget. Uh, they ser serve as the community represent representatives, and they monitor the district's progress towards its goals. And members, I will note, uh, serve a four-year term. People, I think, may wonder what sort of influence a school board member would have on things like, say, curriculum. Patrick, can you speak to that? Yeah, and actually, there's a few school districts that have six-year terms. So oh, thank you. Thank you for the correction. You get okay. like a bonus two years. Um, from what I understand, um, they don't have a lot of influence on the curriculum itself. They really try to leave that up to the experts in those fields. And, but they do get to choose both, vote often on like which of the curriculum. So they'll have like a variety of math curriculum and then they'll have like that sort of influence. Oh. Got it. Okay. And was, so now the, the guide also talks about qualifications. So if somebody is thinking, do I have what it takes to, to serve? What are some of the things that people would need to have to run and serve in this position, Louise? So the only thing you absolutely have to have is you have to be a registered voter um, in Washington. And it uh, most, almost all the districts, you have to be registered and live in the district that you're wanting to serve in. And many of the districts, uh, you're elected by a district area. So there's a, there's a um, link in the guide that shows you how to look up what your area is. Um, but if you have special skills, like you're an accountant or um, something like that, that would be helpful for budgeting. Um, you don't have to be a parent. You don't have to be any education background. It's just, you need to be a registered voter. Okay, right. Yeah, and then ultimately all, all of your other qualifications uh, can simply add to that. Um, you know, uh, Petra, I mentioned earlier that uh, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about uh, political affiliation. So in addition to this nonpartisan guide, and I should mention, and I believe I'm correct in this, that most school board uh, races and positions are nonpartisan. Uh, you have also written an addendum aimed at progressives. So, you know, can you just talk generally about the role of political affiliation or really lack of political affiliation uh, in these races in these positions yeah and that's one of the things that's really wonderful that these races are nonpartisan I think so often things go into one camp or the other but um it's really nice to be able to like I almost don't want to know what the school board members political affiliations are like when Louise listed the responsibilities none of that is partisan right and it's more a matter of do you support public education or do you not support public education and so that makes it really nice especially when so much is divisive and we've seen in a lot of our school boards that people are probably from all over the political spectrum but they're working um, together which is which is really nice and so that's where we wanted to write a nonpartisan guide where everybody, you know, would feel 
um, welcome, you know, to, to run. And we've actually shared it with other states too, because some of it can cross over if you're in. So if you have friends in other states and they want to share this, um, please feel free to. And that public education, again, is that equalizer, um, regardless, again, of, of political affiliation, which is really refreshing. I agree. And, you know, it really comes back to these shared values that we hold around education. Right. And, you know, the, the a lot of this guide actually is is devoted to, to messaging on that um, for somebody who is trying to maybe put together uh, kind of campaign messaging uh, for running for a school board. Uh, can you just talk about a few of, of the, the wonderful points that you bring up in the book, uh, some of these common values around education that people might consider? Yeah, let's see. I have some of them listed here. Um, kind of like the statistics that Louise mentioned, decades after decades, most parents of children in public school rate their schools highly. I think we all agree all children, no matter who they are, should have the freedom to learn and pursue their dreams. All kids deserve to feel safe to learn and thrive at school. Um, children deserve an honest and accurate education that enables them to learn from their mistakes, from our mistakes, and pass to create a better future. Uh, kids deserve an education that teaches them to think for themselves and prepare for their future. And, you know, honest history, you know, all, all those things I think most most families agree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are broadly held values, uh, which is, I think, encouraging. But it also certainly speaks to the need to uh, to join forces really at this point and push back. And in fact, uh, something else that's mentioned in the guide, Louise, is that it's important to keep tabs on what these extremist groups are talking about. Can you speak to the importance of that? Yes. Yeah, so with, in the progressive addendum, we do talk uh, about some of these extremist groups and, and their messaging. And it's mostly to give you a heads up to, to know what the culture war of the day is, because you don't want to be um, trapped into talking um, on their talking points. You want to be talking about the values that um, parents uh, care about, not about the particular culture war item. So that's um, the guide helps you helps you uh, learn about that. The guide also uh, kind of digs into some of the things that one might research when considering running for school board. Um, Petra, can you just enumerate some of these things? So if somebody right now is, is listening or watching and they're thinking, hey, I might do this, what are some of the things that they might consider as they gear up for a run? Um, well, I think it's really important just to remember like what your why is. Like, do you have that mama bear heart that wants to look out for, you know, for for kiddos? Um, maybe you're a retired teacher, maybe you're a retired coach. Like we've seen that be super successful because people know you in your community and you won't be able to be painted as, you know, radical or anything like that because people know you. So and and I think too, like, don't be intimidated. You know, like I said, I don't know how to write a guide. We wrote a guide. It's not rocket science, really. Lots of people can have run for school board. And honestly, it's often um, you won't have anybody running against you. So we had like a friend run five years ago. She ran unopposed. You know, she pretty much just put a little blip in the voter's guide and she was fantastic. So I wouldn't get too, too worried about it. I think if you have a heart for it and you have our guide, you're pretty set. 
Yeah, and I do encourage people, and we'll give a link uh, for folks to check out the guide at the end. But, you know, the guide talks about, you know, simple things like, you know, talking with students to get their view on what's happening at their school. Uh, Talk to school board members to maybe get them to join you for coffee and and ask what uh, some of the issues are that's on the table for them. Uh, Scout around and connect with other parent groups and on and on and on. As I say, this guide is extraordinarily comprehensive and and, and really quite invaluable. Um, Louise, we know that one of the things that I think stops people cold in their tracks often is the prospect of raising money. Uh, Raising money sucks. Uh, It can be daunting. How much money do people need to raise generally for a school board race? I'm imagining that it probably varies from district to district, but then also what are some good sources uh, for people for raising money? Sure. Well, like Petra said, you may run unopposed and you'll know that right after the filing deadline, which is in May. Um, if you do have an opponent, then it depends on your district. You know, in some large districts or a district with a hotly contested seat, you might need to raise quite a bit. If you're in a smaller district um, or there's not much controversy, you might not need to um, raise that much. So uh, there are links in the guide that will help you see how much money was raised in the past. And if you are planning to raise less than $5,000, then there are requirements that you have to, you have to file with the the public disclosure commission to, um, to allow the public to see where your funding is coming from. But if you raise less than 5,000, then it's just a simplified format. So, you know, we've seen a range between, you know, a Seattle school district, they raised, I think, $77,000, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, but in the same year, there was someone in uh, chemists that raised under 5000 So that's the guides there to help you um, research that. And then you asked about how were people going to raise this money? Sure. There's, there's a lot of sources. So, um, for instance, you know, good public schools are, are a draw for uh, for towns, for people to want to move to those towns. So uh, resources like um, your local realtor might want to support you as a school board candidate. Um, developers uh, and other businesses. So, and then there are unions like the state, county, and district educational association, like the WEA. Mm-hmm. or your local firefighters or labor councils, Teamsters, uh, food and commercial workers. So w- unions care about, you know, good schools for their kids and other people's kids. So uh, there, there are more resources in the guide. Great information. And yeah, of course, more m- many more resources in the guide. Patriot, I want to ask you about something, a very practical concern. Um, and because you live in a red area, I'll ask you this. We hear, as I've mentioned, about harassment, intimidation from these extremist groups. How do you think we best address the need to keep people safe uh, while running and serving? Right. Um, it is hard because it can be it can be really scary. And we have seen that sometimes bullying and intimidation do work. And I would say, first of all, know your community. And another person that's really good to talk to about your community, if your kids are in school and they have like the front desk secretaries, they know everything. Mm. <laughs> so get to know them. They're like really good um, people to, to know about everything. And I think too, if people are running, make sure we have their backs, make sure that we're showing up and supporting them. Um, you know, we had a school board member that's being harassed. We try to make sure that you know, she's, she's never alone. She has kind of like a security person, doesn't watch her car in the dark, that sort of thing. But, um, 
We've also seen that we've seen a lot of courage too, and I, courage is contagious. So I think the more of us that are showing up and turning out, it does help other people feel more safe. And we had a really good story um, last year in Boise, a student ran for school board against a far right um, candidate who was supported by... I get the name right, Idaho Liberty Dogs. So really scary group. And his name is Shiva Rajahari. And he was has kind of a local activist and he ran and, and won. So I think it is, it is doable, but there are other um, things to keep in mind, like be careful with social media, you know, maybe just be um, the Western Policy Center has some good advice for what to do and how to be safe. And I would say to just kind of protect your heart, like, don't look at those comments on Facebook and you don't have to go to all the events. You know, we kind of noticed that people would get invited to um, forums that were really not legit. You know, it was kind of like an alt-right forum. And it's really easy to feel bullied into those events like, oh, you're chicken to turn out, you're chicken to turn out. But to be able to have that boundary and say like, no, we're not showing up, you know, we're not going to go. And I think for candidates, if they ever feel a little... Um, funny about saying that I was always like, blame it on me, blame it on your campaign <laughs> manager, you know, kind of like when your kids are little, you know, they, they're in a tough, like peer pressure. It's like, just blame it on me, say, you know, but you don't have to jump into every snake pit, you know? And so that, that kind of helps too. Great advice all the way around. And I love what you say about uh, courage is is contagious. I also am very struck by the fact that uh, there's a, a young student, uh, 18 years old, who runs for the school board for their own school. And that uh, brings me uh, to, to raise the, the issue that you only need to be 18, I believe, to run for school board, correct? Yeah. So now, having heard all this, uh, folks might be thinking, well, this isn't right for me, but I want to do something. So there are ways to support and recruit candidates as well. Uh, Louise, can you talk about some of the other ways that people can help here? Sure. Um, we actually have some indivisible groups around the state that are actively recruiting. They're using the guide to um, reach out to uh, people they think in their community that would be good for a school board. So that's something your group could consider doing uh, to uh to really focus on. Um, you could reach out to current school board members because they have an ear to the ground. They know maybe who's not running again or maybe somebody who might be running to replace somebody. So um, share the guide with them because that will be a great resource for anybody that they know of that's thinking of running. Um, and then if it seems appropriate, you can share with your legislative or county district leadership um, to see if they want to share it out to candidates that they know of. Um, and then finally, just share it with your friends because they might know somebody. Um, you never know who's pondering taking this next step. Yeah, and actually, Petra, you uh, had mentioned when we were in preparation for this, uh, if somebody comes to you, if three different people come to you and say, hey, you, sh you might be thinking, you should think about running for school board, you should very much think about running for school board. But again, if that's not for you at this point, uh, there are other staffing positions that uh, need filling uh, when somebody runs, correct? Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, you can just be supportive, right? Like if there's other people that are running, you could help you know, do their social media. And depending on how big you your campaign is going to be, you might be able to do it all yourself, but you might want to look at people. Um, like, I think it's really nice to have someone be your treasurer. And so they can handle like your money and your donations. And the other thing we found is that um, people are really happy to donate, you know, because they really do care about their schools. It's the heart of their community. They don't want their property values to plummet. So, you know, if you run, they're 
they've been pretty generous to support you. And if you need a campaign manager, if you need more um, advice, there are resources for that as well. But you can usually divvy things up. And if you have somebody that loves to do Facebook, have them do your Facebook. Have somebody do your um, your Twitter or whatever other little things you can. And the other thing you can do often is run as a slate. So if there's like three of you running, maybe you kind of run together and you divvy up a lot of responsibilities um, that way too, which is really nice. That's a great idea. So I will mention that filing week is May 15th through 19th. So the ultimate deadline to file is on May 19th. Um, Just to be crystal clear about this, Petra, it's getting rather close. There is still time for folks to do this though, right? Yeah, there's totally time. It's like over a month away. And just because you filed doesn't mean you have to have like a super detailed campaign plan. So we would say, just go for it, right? Just just do it like Nike again. And you can figure things out later. You know, the primary is not all the way until August. Elections aren't until November. And, you know, I we believe in you. We believe in you. We think people, you can do it. People can run. Absolutely. Just do it. <laughs> we believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> Petra, you are a human ray of sunshine. I, I just, uh, I just adore oh, your energy. You. Um, so, Louise, uh, where can people find this wonderful guide that we've been talking about? So, the main guide is at bit.ly/runforschoolboardguidewa. We'll have this in the show notes, I think. Indeed. And then the progressive addendum is bit.ly/runforschoolboardaddendum. Perfect. And I will just mention for folks who might just be listening that in each instance there, uh, every first word of the group of, of words there is is, is in caps uh, and, if, and WA is, is in caps as well. And then, Louise, if folks are interested in joining the WIND school group, where can they learn more? Yeah, we would love people, more people around the state to, uh, to get involved. Uh, we meet about monthly. Um, just email us at schools at indivisibleeastside.com. Well, I can't say enough good things about all of this, uh, especially the guide. I, I just find it to be uh, so uh, utterly uh, comprehensive and useful. And uh, really, I, I just think that anybody who's considering running for any uh, position should should check this guide out. But especially if you're considering running for school board, and I think we've enumerated many, many reasons why it is important that folks of, of good conscience do so. Uh, Petra Hoy, Louise Pate, always such a pleasure. Thank you both so much. Thank you. <laughs> And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you would like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.